Hey, mate. How you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Nick. Really good, bro. Yeah, how are things in the bay? Uh, yeah, they're taking a long level three today, so there'll be long lines at KFC, I presume. But um, yeah, we're ticking along here. Got the homeschool vibes going on still. And um, yeah, we're just <laughs> doing what you do, young family and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's great that we're going to have this interview today. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Um, well, obviously, I've, I've known you since we've been in uh, nappies together. We got dedicated together. <laughs> well, like that, uh, many years ago. Um, but I thought it'd be cool if you could just, yeah, just let, uh, let Kori Marko know a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, as you say, uh, known you forever, Nick. And um, so, like you grew up in a ministry home, my dad uh, um, was an Anglican vicar. Uh, we did a short stint for three years over in South America as missionaries and then uh, spent my teenage years in the Kapiti Coast, went to Bible college at the end of uh, high school and uh, and been in full-time ministry since I graduated uh, that uh, three years later. Uh, three kids, to, uh, oh sheesh, how old are they now? Six, nine and... 10 i think <laughs> one of them just had a birthday it was six eight and ten a little while ago which oh, we could easily now. Yeah, easily God. remember so it's pretty bad and married for 12 years hallelujah awesome. got that one so um yeah and yeah so pastor of bay vineyard church in uh, in the hawks bay awesome cool uh, well, today it's um we're obviously looking at father's day coming up and um and father's day in lockdown um um, which is a, a interesting one, um, and I hope everyone's going to be having breakfast and bed and all those normal <laughs> things, pancakes that we get. Um, but I just, I guess today, I just really wanted to just look at like Father God. You know, like we look, we've got the Trinity, and we we obviously um, we're very familiar with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But sometimes I think we're kind of a little bit like a, you know, what is Father God like? What's God the Father like? And um, I guess I just wanted to ask you today just from your, your years of experience as a, as a Christian, as a pastor, as a father and a husband, how has your view or your experience of, of God the Father changed over the years? Yeah, it's such a good question. And and the, the answer is, is uh, quite significantly, I think, over the years, my understanding of God the Father has changed. But a lot of that has come through... Um, getting a far clearer picture of what um, what Jesus is like, and so um, I think it's like it's really normal for our understanding of God to change. And um, you know, Tozer's famous quote, like the most important thing about about you is what you think of when you think about God. Um, and so for me, uh, there has been a sense of of um, discovering more of God's nature and of what the Heavenly Father's like, and um, and it just gets better. Like that's kind of what's so epic is like, oh man, like I I thought he was amazing, um, but but he's got better and he's got better as of um, uh, over time. I think as you get older, you need to uh, work out what's the best from your own experience of being a son. Uh, and then you have to um, do some work going what wasn't and it doesn't matter how good a dad you've had and we've both had amazing dads um, every single person has to navigate that uh, in terms of going like there's some defaults that I've got and some of those are good and some of those aren't so good so I need to uh, unpack some of that um, and uh, that's been just a really healing journey for me and my kids will have to do exactly the same uh, and so, um, but but probably the thing, that, and it's probably in the last five or six years especially, the thing that's really helped me 
fall more in love with the heavenly father is actually being seeing jesus with greater clarity and um and that like that's just been revolutionary for my um devotional life for my love of god for my desire to be with him particularly when i'm feeling pretty messed up um you know john 14 9 jesus says like if you've seen me you've seen the father mm. and so i just for me this has been um like a jesus-centered hermeneutic so like mm. having a jesus-centered way of how i read the bible has completely transformed my understanding of god the father because uh, i think uh there's been a sense maybe this is for a lot of people maybe it's just been me but whole thing of like uh, god the father seems pretty grumpy particularly in the old testament at times and like full-on freaky at certain moments if i'm super honest and jesus seems to be kind of like the good cop that comes along and it's like i really like jesus but but i'm not sure about god the father particularly in light of some of the stuff you know in the old testament where i'm like man that's super heavy <clears throat> and then as i began to kind of like unpack that because you can't i mean you know we've grown up in the church and all the rest of it and it's like you can either bury that stuff or you can have a have an honest authentic faith that wrestles with the questions you've got mm. and uh, i think with pastors kids be, you know you either go hardcore one way or the other we've wound up staying in the family business but i i suspect and i know the journey we've both taken because we're super honest with each other it's like we've done that because we've been prepared to be super honest and wrestle with the stuff we have zero tolerance for the games or for the you know for the christianese stuff like our threshold's flipping low for all that stuff so so i've gone you know what i'm i'm going to wrestle with what is god the father like and and as i say i come to this jesus hermeneutic which is i believe what the bible calls us to in terms of how we should read the bible yeah. so you've got and it's been so healing like it's been utterly transforming for me um so you've got things like in hebrews uh, let me find it in hebrews um hebrews one man like this is unreal like Got the old word of God out, mate. Here we go. Uh, I love this Hebrews one. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appoint, appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. The son, I love this, is the radiance of God's glory. And listen to this, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So mm. he's like the exact representation of his being. So, mm. uh, and then like you've got Colossians 1 uh, verse 15. So, you know, he's he's the image of the invisible God, the first Bible over all creation. You've got John 1. So he is the word. Um, mm. You've got like um, uh, the uh, Mount Transfiguration. I, again, all of these, all of this just like was like, I just began to hit all of these scriptures. Like, oh my gosh. So you've got... Um, uh, Jesus transfiguration and you and and you have Moses and Elijah appear yeah and Peter's like this is insane so, and then he's like you know like we've got to honor this moment so let's build three dwellings that honor uh you know Elijah the Pro Elijah who represents the prophets you got Moses who represents the Lord then you've got Jesus and and then God says audibly for Peter to hear this is my son listen to him mm. and it's like oh okay so uh, you've got like these all of the old testament finds its fulfillment in jesus mm. and jesus is what god is like uh and so therefore with the jesus-centered hermeneutic uh i'm not i'm not placing the bible in the same place as the trinity 
or as God, the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, the Bible helps me discover Jesus. That's what it's meant to do. Mm. Uh, and it does that perfectly. Mm. But uh, the Bible uh, it shouldn't, it and I've come to this place, and you can, but I'm like, I, the the Bible can't trump Jesus. It, it can't, like if, if there's a moment where the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, contradicts what Jesus is saying, particularly mm. in the Sermon on the Mount, I'm mm. like Jesus wins. Jesus has to win because mm. of what all the scriptures I've just read. Like He is the fulfillment. He's the one we look to if we want to know what God is like. Like yeah. that's how He's revealed Himself. He is the Word, mm. uh, and so that for me uh, has changed so much in terms of how I relate to God. Mm. Uh, and Bruxy Cavey wrote this in this amazing book, um, Reunion, The Good News of Jesus for Seekers, Sinners and Saints, I think it's called. He says this, he says, we read the Bible because it is the best God-given window through which we get a clear view of Jesus, mm. who is God's ultimate self-disclosure. The Bible is not a painting to be looked at, but a window to be looked through. And through that window, we see Jesus. Mm. Christ follow, followers believe in the inerrant, infallible and authoritative word of God, and his name is Jesus. Mm. In other words, Christ followers are not actually people of the book, as the Quran calls Christians. We are people of the person. Mm. We don't follow the Bible. We read the Bible so we can follow Jesus. There's actually a difference. Yeah. Because what's happened is that throughout history, you know, I mean, just basic church history will show you that that you can use scripture to justify any number of horrific things mm. uh, and so i'm like man it's jesus jesus is my human unit for understanding what god the father is like now there is a distinction uh, and again we've gone to the arian controversy and, and and why we've got the um we've got the nicene creed but it's like there is a distinction between jesus and the father they are distinct beings mm. but my my kind of my way of sinking deeper in terms of understanding what the nature of the father is like has come through looking at Jesus with greater clarity and giving him the authority that he should have in terms of what God is like. And so uh, the Canaanite conquest passages or, or the genocide there or, or uh, I don't know, any of the things where God seems to be killing people, I'm like, well, that has to be viewed in the... Um, and in, in light of jesus revelation or uh, jesus teaching of the sermon on the mount and jesus revelation of what god is like so therefore i'm beginning to read my bible with a bit more humility with jesus as my guide yeah uh, in terms of those old testament things and i'm reading a lot of scholars that are help now again i could be wrong with some of the stuff i'm fine but i'm like you know what for the average joe i'm like you can't go wrong basing your whole theological worldview about what god is like around jesus yeah and so as i've done that it's like oh man like i I had some really good people that spoke into my life early on at formative stages, particularly when I was wrestling with, you know, stuff that dudes wrestle with uh, and feeling the shame and all the rest of it that comes with that. And like, you know, I was fortunate to have a guy called Cy Rogers in my life who passed away um, last year. And, uh, and he, he had statements like, you know, let your sin propel you towards God, not away from God, you know, and and run to the one who can make you clean. And God would far rather have you messy and, and dirty than not have you at all and all that sort of thing. And so as um, as I, uh, I really had to just go, either God is like this or not, you know, and so... So, <laughs> working from home <laughs> and it's like, oh. yeah. I'll be like you're... BBC interviewing yeah you'll come rushing through the grand <laughs> crawling on her knees <laughs> anyway you've got to preach on a rant but basically for me it was like if 
I think there's a something that most of us struggle with. I struggle with around you've got to get to a, thresh, a certain threshold of goodness before you can go to God. You know, like there's before you should go to church or before you can engage with God, you're going to get to a certain threshold where you're kind of not really naughty, but you're kind, you know, you know, you're a little bit sinful, but you kind of got to deal with all the real. And it's like, and Sai and a few others, it's like, no, you run to God at your weakest, most broken, messed up, filthy, sinful, horrific moment. That's when you say, God, I need you, God, I need you. And I, I learned to do that in my 20s. And I experienced his grace and his mercy and his love at some of my lowest points. I didn't try and clean myself up, then go to God. I went to God so he could clean my, clean me up. And yeah. like I just felt his embrace. And so so God, God's got kinder for me over the years, not because he's changed, but it's because I'm seeing him with greater clarity with you know what he's like, you know, what he's really like. Mm. Um there's a book I read recently called Gentle and Lowly. I know your mum's mentioned this, uh, and it's uh, and it's written from like a Presbyterian reform position. So it's not like some liberal, like this is this is conservative, yeah, like ultra, yeah, like yeah. pretty, pretty right, you know, yeah. uh, pretty out there, not out there, but like yeah, yeah, as conservative as you get, right? Right, like this is yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, and like there's no silly business in terms of theological you know stuff here this is ultra orthodox guy writing writing some stuff yeah, yeah. he wrote there's a quote he's from this book which is just brilliant he's like that god is rich in mercy means that his mercy is not calculating and cautious like ours it is unrestrained flood-like sweeping magnanimous oh, i always struggle with that word <laughs> So again, these guys, I can't even say the words. These guys, you know, <laughs> but he's, it says, I love this. It means our haunting shame is not a problem for him, but the very thing he loves most to work with. It means our sins do not cause his love to take a hit. Mm. Our sins cause his love to surge forward all the more. Mm. It means on the day that we stand before him, quietly, unhurriedly, we will weep with relief, shocked at how impoverished a view of his mercy we had. Yeah, I just, I just think that's extraordinary. So it's almost like in my, it's like his, his love and his mercy and his grace, kind of surge forward. Like they, 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 they surround and envelop my sin and brokenness. Mm. And that's like what he loves to do. So it's like, it's just changed my devotional life. It changed my, it just healed me. It healed me so, so deeply in terms of what is God the Father like yeah and you've got these pictures of like the you know the god the father and, and that story of the prodigal son and stuff i mean he's running oh. in, in an undignified way to embrace this guy that's coming back filled with shame and mercy and uh, you know shame and, and and regret and stuff and you're just like jesus points to these stories to drive home something that yeah is so beautiful so it's a long answer but but that that's for me been the big change in terms of uh, my understanding of what what God the Father's like. Jesus has helped me. He's he's led me to the Father, and it's been a, such a beautiful journey of discovering His goodness and His. And last thing, actually, uh, this is where I think it's important we separate God's attributes from God's essence, mm. because and this is where I think there's been, there, there was some confusion in my life where it's like oh so you've got God's holy, God's just, God's uh, God, you know, God has wrath. God, 
um, God is righteous, God is merciful and peaceful, God is, so you've got all these kind of attributes of God, mm. but the essence of God, one John says that God is love. Mm. So everything that's an attribute is a manifestation of his love. Mm. So at his essence, he's love. I think all those other things are attributes, but often in my head, I'd put some of those things as, as essence rather than as attributes. So mm. his justice will feel like love. Mm. If that makes sense, like because it's coming from a place of love. So my thing, my my kind of riff now has been like everything God calls me to, even when it's tricky and difficult and caused um, suffering, because I'm, you know, we're both planted churches. You don't sign up for that in terms of an easy gig. Being a pastor these days is a mission, all of that sort of stuff. But it's like, so there's suffering involved and being obedient to the way of Jesus in this world that we live in. Yeah. But, and, and sometimes it's not fun to confess my sins or to, um, or to give generously or whatever. But it's, but it's like everything that God calls me to is motivated by love yeah. and leads me to life. Everything, no exceptions. It's motivated by love because that's his essence. And it will lead me to life because while there may be suffering and cost, the story always ends on Easter Sunday with a resurrection life breaking into my world or the kingdom of God breaking in and that obedience to him, that's the doorway into things of the kingdom. Mm. So it's been such a, it's just, it makes following God a lot of fun. It's just such a joy to take yeah. that journey. Cause I'm like, I, tr I trust him more and more. I trust him. And I think ultimately as we go through life with all of the disappointments and sufferings and, and the questions that we have around God's nature, which is totally, normal i mean look at the psalms right yeah uh, and job and all that sort of stuff but it's like as as we I'm, i just i trust you you know and yeah. and i trust you because I've, I've looked into the eyes of jesus and he's my he's my hermeneutic he's how i read the bible and because i've experienced the mercy and the grace and the sense of the infilling of his spirit and his mm. and the revelation that brings of what god is like and all the rest of it so for me making those decisions about do i do i want to radically follow jesus uh, has become a bit easier because I I feel like I trust him because I know his 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 heart a yeah. lot more not as some not just in some theological way I feel like I've experienced it you know just just as a final kind of um uh, kind of like a practical thing for people if you know I, I think uh, you know as, as a pastor and I guess you as a pastor and a lot of you know people have experienced this in church um, people do have um, struggle with their image of God the Father. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe because of um, sometimes we do project onto God our experiences um, on earth, whether you've had a good, bad, or in between sort of father, it does have an effect on you. Um, what, what do you? What have you found? Obviously, you've talked a little bit, but what would you recommend or suggest people do to help them practically start changing their image of God the Father? Um, what sort of some practical steps they could take or? recommendations uh, a couple of things i mean firstly um the holy spirit wants to lead us into all truth you know and uh i think um ultimately like some of the healing that's happened for me has just been the holy spirit's brought revelation uh about um you know stuff that um you know i've had to work through from my upbringing again which has been awesome absolutely awesome um, and as i say every kid's going to have to go through this everyone has to take this journey so it's just the holy spirit bringing healing and revelation and uh, and then just letting me believe that you know this is what god is actually like and so that's brought enormous healing um, and i think like the people that you feed yourself are really important in terms of um uh 
you know, helping shape uh, an understanding of what God's like. That Gentle and Lowly book, I say, is a fantastic read in terms of, yeah. um, you know, uh, the reunion book that I mentioned is really good. Um, Brian Zahn's written a, a wonderful book called Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God. It mm. talks about his journey on this. Now, I don't agree, just for just so everyone's clear, with um, in all those three books I've just mentioned. There's bits in there that I'm like, oh, I'm not sure, my, you know, and, I, and I, I, I'm not sure on everything. So I'm not suggesting them as, you know, uh, I presume everyone's got the wisdom to spit out the bones or to rest with stuff you're not sure about. And and all of those books will stretch your thinking in certain places. But there's this lovely idea that a mind expanded never returns to its original size. So it's kind of like it's good to engage with people that aren't uh, are probably outside of where I sit theologically and some stuff. But um, and there's also actually a, a lovely I can send you the link to this if you want to send it to you guys. But David Crawley, who's both of our spiritual directors, he um wonderful. He, Oh, amazing godly man and he uh he did a video for us on images of god and just uh helping cut it's a couple of sessions for our home churches i'll send you the links through that they're publicly yeah, available yeah, they're just a beautiful beautiful uh guided uh uh sessions on understanding uh just getting clarity on an image of god yeah. and then coming to a place where we try and just really ground it in the scriptures and in uh and in the life of what jesus is saying uh, yeah. of what god the father is like so i've they've, they've really been helpful for a lot of our guys uh so that they're just practical tools but the holy spirit leads us into this stuff and if there is that sense of thing for people like really is he because my one of the things i i've been saying recently i picked this up from uh, another mutual friend joseph mccauley he keeps saying this line the, the good news of the gospel is always better than you've just realized and i think we can say say the same for the nature of god like god is always better than you've just realized so for me it's like i just look like wow you're even better than i realized and it's like he's actually better than i've just realized i'm just on this journey of discovering his incredible goodness and mercy in new ways and as that book says i think when we stand before him one day we'll be amazed at how impoverished our view was and how good he, he is actually i don't think you can overstate the goodness of god and the and the beauty that his essence is love like that's unreal but it's okay to wrestle with that. And I think it's uh, it's um, important to be honest in this journey. Jesus said, I am the truth, you know? And so there's no fear and like going, I don't know if that, oh, really, is that what you like? That's a good place to start rather than like, yeah, no, I believe this. I believe it. It's like, do you really? Does your heart believe this? Like, I think it's got to sink a lot deeper than the, than the, the thing we know we should say, which is, yeah, I believe this. It's like, no, there's a deeper truth that should burn in our hearts in terms of this being the case of what God is like. So that's the journey we need to take is that deeper one of like, I know in my knower, like deep down, <laughs> this is what God is like. Yeah. And that's where Paul's praying for a spirit, for the, a spirit of revelation. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit brings that, oh my gosh, this is what you're like. And that's, we need to like, Lord, reveal yourself. I want to know you like that. And, that's, and then just let the spirit guide us. And that's like a, that's something you have to do every day, eh? Like that, I, I think for myself, I, I, I have to remind myself, you know, there's mercies in you every day, like kind of just coming. Holy before, bro. Coming before that mercy seat every morning, you know, whatever's happened the day before, whatever I got ahead. Um, 100%. And, and knowing these merciful, and I, I think the bit I really loved in the, in that book too, um, gentle and lowly was that he he actually goes throughout scripture eh, and even goes back into you know the, the pivotal part of you know an exodus where you know yes. you know, when, when, yeah. you know he goes you know god talks to moses and goes before him and says you know proclaims my, you know my name you know and my goodness these are the 
Uh, uh, yeah, 100% again that's good human unit because yeah. the Bible is not a flat yeah. text that we just yeah. read that all has equal authority otherwise it would be a few and yeah. no one lives like that though some people want to say that they read the Bible like that no one does there are certain moments that have greater importance than others and so that when God says I'm going to reveal myself to you that's mm. an important moment yeah you know and when people are saying attributing things to god that may not be what he actually said or, did or whatever that's a that has a lesser importance than when god himself is saying this is what i'm like and so and and the supreme revelation of that is jesus like the the climax of the scripture in terms of the self-disclosure of god is the person of jesus yeah. he is what god is like and yeah. so that's where we begin in terms of everything else um and you're but you're right like the israelites big thing which we all struggle with is like we forget his goodness or we forget what he's like and next minute we're bound down to whatever other idol that we've got in our lives to bring comfort or to find refuge yeah. um you know and i'm an atheist until i've had about my third coffee and then it's like oh yeah that's right god you know <laughs> or agnostic you know and i'm like that's right you know and i open the script that's why the devotional rhythms are so key as well i'm like you like to, you can't know god unless you're spending time with them so this is where i've you know me i mean we've talked about this a lot but i'm, like, I'm so passionate about the discipline of that devote daily devotional practice of sitting in the presence of god because if you want to know what he's like you spend time with him yeah. he's given us free will totally and that free will he respects to a level that is scary mm. so it's like if you do not want to be near him he will let you stay distant mm. that's how much he respects your free will he longs to be with us yeah so i'm like i have got to have habits in place in my life that even when i don't feel like it there are, there are disciplines there and i'm not a discipline i'm a muppet when it comes to any self-discipline but i fought for daily disciplines on, on my devotional life and i've got accountability every week around that now with with people in our church and it is it has made me i've fallen in love with god in a whole new way because not just some conference or waiting for sunday i'm yep. like I'm, I'm every day in the word every day come holy spirit i welcome your presence they're not long devos they're lots of short ones and it's like oh and then I get to know him and I'm, I'm sinking deeper into his heart every day. So that's key. It's key. There's no way nominal Christianity's gone out the door now in terms of it's a matter of, of when that dies in New Zealand and in the Western world. Like there's too many cultural pressures. There's too much distraction. It's mm. time for people to take seriously the thing of abiding and remaining in Jesus. Oh, like we need to learn that, you know. Uh, anyway. mate, that that's awesome thank you so much um <laughs> it's just so much to chew over there and um it's uh and and, and it's, it's such a it's a <laughs> i like how you said that it's kind of like the the you know whatever the guy said about that kind of the good news gets better kind of thing it's like it is eh? it's like it's so true that's like, been my story man it's been yeah, i know that's been your story with god and just every day you know have another understanding another revelation yeah and, like yeah, I'm, it's yeah. so epic. And, and even that will still be probably, you know, like you said, compared to what our revelation in eternity will be like. Yeah. like well, that's C.S. Lewis's thing of like, man, we're drinking so far down the stream to get to the fountainhead, you know, and it's so yeah. diluted and yeah. it's so, it's nothing. You wait till we get to the fountainhead, you know. Yeah. It's like it's just but the most pale, like the tiniest glimmer of what it's really like. Um, yeah, anyway, I get fired up and preach you, which is... <laughs> that's great it's great it's awesome now thank you man i really we really appreciate your your time and and your heart sharing from your heart today. and hi hi everyone at Kodomako. it's just you know yeah i'm just I, I carry you guys in my heart me and nick are besties so it's like it's just su such a privilege to sh you know hang out for you guys virtually today mm. uh yeah we're, we're sister churches you know yeah now we'll definitely get you over in person when we can at some stage and mm. 
yeah, no, just um, yeah, pray God's blessing over Bay Vineyard and everything that's going on for you guys at the moment, and uh, just pray yeah, God's favour and His um, blessing over this season for you guys. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bro.